Hi, it's Kylie Mojadidi, your host of Kylie Says. If you've landed here, then you might be someone like me, a busy mom of two kids working in the corporate world, used to the hustle culture that comes along with your day-to-day. But you might also be spiritually curious and into things like human design, yoga, meditation, past lives, manifestation, and more. But maybe like me, you don't really feel like you have a tribe that you can connect to and talk to openly about these topics. Because let's face it, sometimes they can be a little woo-woo. Here, I cut the bullshit and talk about my experience in my current spiritual awakening. What that looks like to do it still fully employed at a corporate job. What it looks like to be a mom of two raising a family in the Bay Area, one of the fastest paced places in the world. And what it looks like to kind of figure out who the hell I am in my mid-30s. Come and join us. I think we'll have more fun together. Hi, welcome back. I am so glad that you are here. I want to think of like a a name, a group name for my podcast listeners. Like Anna Grace Newell has her like rainbow unicorns or something like that that she calls her listeners. And I don't really know what to call mine yet. So we'll figure that out as time goes on. I'll take any and all of your suggestions, of course, as always. But I just wanted to start this episode out because... We're now into episode like 31, I think. And for me, I know I said this on one of my other podcast episodes, but that literally makes me think of pregnancy because you count pregnancy by the weeks. So coming up to week 31, I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we are full on in the third trimester here. Like we are safe enough to deliver if we needed to. We have gone through the highs, the lows, and the peaks and the valleys, and now we're coming up on like the precipice of, let's say like the downhill or right before the sunrise. And that's kind of how I feel going into this podcast. I never really had an, I had like an idea of what I was hoping to accomplish with my podcast. And I don't want to say that it hasn't happened or that, you know, I don't want to put anything negative out there, but I think that I was really hopeful that I would have all of this momentum, that it would be a top rated podcast, that I'd have all these reviews and that it would just magically become something that, you know, was out of my wildest dreams. And then sometimes, and this is how I approach literally all things in my life. I will get so excited about something. I will start something and then I'll become upset with myself for not having reached some sort of a goal or not having reached the idea of whatever that goal was supposed to mean to me. So for instance, when I started, when I got the idea to do a podcast, I just made it fucking happen. I wasn't questioning myself. Of course I had some of those thoughts creep up, but mostly I was just excited to have a platform out there that felt more natural to me than Instagram or TikTok, where it didn't necessarily need to have my like face or body associated with it due to the fact that I have such, uh, I have such a back and forth relationship with actually like showing my body or my face on social media, even though it may not seem that way. So the podcast seemed a lot more approachable to me. It was just my voice. It felt a lot less threatening. And it it's so interesting to me because I when I think about what it means to goal set, I was talking with my psychiatrist this morning. And one of the things that we were talking about is that the we were talking about the fact that we've started to lower 
my dosage of my anti-anxiety and antidepressants. So that is awesome. So we started me at one and we've cut it in half and she was applauding me ultimately for being able to have created all of these tools for myself that have allowed me to manage my anxiety and my depression a lot better without having to only solely rely on my medication to kind of give me that like to bolster me up when I'm feeling a little low or when I'm feeling out of sorts. And I'm super proud of that. But it got me just thinking about goals and it got me thinking about progress and how progress is often one of those things that you don't see right off of the bat. And oftentimes you just see, especially on social media, someone's starting point and then someone's end point, like let's say a weight loss journey when people are posting before and afters or now they're fitness influencers and they have you know, a workout brand or they have an app or they have supplements, etc. And for me, it's really hard to go through the process of seeing these stories unfold on social media because it seems like they happen so fast. And while I know deep down in my head that that's not how things actually happen and that it takes time and that you have to actually work on making those things come to light and that it takes a lot of hard effort. I am someone who I wouldn't say that I don't like things to do things that are hard, but I would say that I have a hard time putting myself in situations that push me uncomfortably so. And I much prefer to kind of stay, of course, I'll push myself in situations and scenarios, especially like when it comes to work. If I need to hustle my ass off on something to get something done, I will 100,000% do it because I believe in putting out quality work. But when it comes to holding those in my life, especially myself accountable to actually doing things that are hard in an ongoing basis and becoming habitual about them, that becomes a completely different story. And that line of thinking got me thinking about something else. And I was watching someone's Instagram the other day and they also have a podcast. And one of the things that she said that has resonated with me ever since, and this has been about a week now that I've been, that I've had this on my mind, was that when you actually start going after your goals and your dreams, it almost creates a fear factor for other people, women that are watching that journey unfold. Because when you're going after your dreams and setting goals for yourself and putting yourself out of your out of your comfort zone and searching for a better you through practices that make you feel good and putting your most vulnerable self out there on the internet or out there in whatever way, shape or form allows you to be seen and heard so that you can actually influence other people and not just influence other people, but so that you can share your story in a way where other people feel heard. Because ultimately that's the entire purpose of my podcast. I, I want to be sharing what's on my mind and what I've identified and things that I've come to know or to learn or to believe because I truly think that it will potentially help someone else feel heard. And it really got me thinking when you, when you identify or when you're watching someone else and they're really going for it or they've achieved something or they're so fit and you just watch their stories and see that they're balancing motherhood, a business, Instagram, fitness. And you're like, what, how in the fuck is this person doing all of these things? And they still look put together. They still like, they must be eating well. They must be doing everything possible to legitimately just take care of themselves. They value themselves enough to put themselves at the top of their list consistently, habitually, day after day after day. 
They find time to work out. They eat well. They take their supplements. They take vitamins. They do. They move their body. They stretch their body. They look to do things to legitimately recover when they actually put their bodies in situations and scenarios that pushes it beyond what it's used to usually doing. And that makes other people become a little bit fearful because it it makes people look themselves dead in the eye when they see someone else's story about someone accomplishing their dreams or their goals and say, holy shit, I'm not doing so much for myself. I have not prioritized my own self or my own self-care in a long fucking time. What must that mean about me? What must it mean that I will prioritize putting myself off by watching shows that don't serve me, by watching shows about other people's love lives and drama instead of trying to better myself and feeling more confident where I am in my life? Why am I watching someone else's success story instead of creating my own? That legitimately, so that, most of those were my thoughts, but the, the thought that got me thinking about this was when I saw this other woman talking about the fact that when you, that someone had told her that they scare, that she scares them. And she was like, the, if I scare you, honey, it's because you're only looking at me seeing something that you haven't been able to accomplish yet because you're not trying. And that really got me thinking about all of the people in my life that I have felt some sort of a fear around or an anxiety. So for instance, I went and checked out Equinox today because I am trying to prioritize getting out of my house a little bit more for things like workouts or just in general. Like I, because I work at home, I live at home, I'm here with the kids all the time, we eat here, like I, I just feel like I do everything in my house, which mind you, I do love my home. I have an absolutely beautiful home. I'm so thankful for our house. But I, I feel like it can, it can occasionally be demotivating to try to get myself into the mindset of doing something outside of sitting, working, cleaning, cooking, etc. when I'm home because I'm always here. And so sometimes it's helpful for me to get out of the house to do things like a workout class or whatever. And even going to Equinox today, I felt the need to put on like a little bit of makeup. I... Once I parked, I could feel my anxiety and my heartbeat rising. Who was going to be the person that I was going to meet at the front desk? Were they going to be beautiful? Were they going to intimidate me? When we were walking around, was I going to feel like people were eyeballing me? Was I going to feel judged? Was I going to feel less than? And one of the practices that I continuously have to tell myself is that my thoughts are not facts. They are just thoughts and that I can acknowledge the thought and move on, but identify what I feel is fact or not. And I've really been trying to work on the ability to accept the thought for what it is and then move it along and just identify with a more positive notion about myself so that I'm not stuck in this negative thought trap that I have been in for so long. Talk about trap queen. I literally get myself stuck in my negative loop trap all the time and thank goodness, I have gotten myself to a place where I no longer feel like I'm a victim to some of those thoughts were in the past or a victim to my closet or you name it. There was a time where I could, and it was honestly like that time was right around the same time when I started going through my, what I'm calling my spiritual awakening journey, where I started prioritizing me and my mindset and my health because it gave me a firsthand look at the life that I do not want to lead. And sometimes I will get down on myself feeling like 
outside of the body image issues that I will undoubtedly have for the remainder of my life, although they won't likely influence the way that I dress, act, and behave as much as they did in the past, thank God. But as I start doing things and telling my truth more specifically, I've been surprised at the initial support and then the lack thereof. And I have to keep telling myself I'm not going to continuously get awarded or get feedback for doing something that fills me up. I should not be looking for the external validation. And my whole point of talking about this is that I think I am genuinely not alone. When you feel like you're doing something and putting yourself out there, whether it's with a friendship, with a partner, with, you know, whatever, whomever or whatever, you want to occasionally get feedback on how you're doing. Am I doing a good job? Is this resonating with you? And it's so hard for me not to just consistently ask my friends, did you listen to this? What did you think about this? You know, do you have any, any tips for me? And recently someone actually did give me feedback. And at first I was like, are you fucking kidding me? How dare this person? Because the feedback that they gave me was that they were listening to one of my interviews. And even after fast forwarding, time and time again, it kept being me talking when I was interviewing someone else. And well, they, they had gotten 15 minutes in to the 30 minute ep or they had gotten 30 minutes in and it had been primarily me talking and they had lost their patience and stopped listening because they felt like I was talking over my guest and not allowing them the room or the space to be heard. That blew my mind because in that particular interview, I left feeling like that was so exciting. I'm so glad that I got to meet this woman and interact with her, that she was even open to coming on my podcast that other people have turned down because they say, oh, you don't have enough views or you don't have enough ratings. And I only do shows with people whose ratings are X, which mind you, I think is a little bit of bullshit because that's another topic. But when I saw this message in my DMs, it hurt my feelings, A, because I make a very conscious effort to give the people that I'm interviewing room. And sometimes the responses aren't super long or in depth. So occasionally I, and in that instance, you know, maybe I felt the need to kind of explain myself a bit because what they do is so intriguing to me and I wanted their opinion. So I wanted to kind of give them scenarios and frankly, I listen to so many podcasts and it's not only meant to be you ask a question and shut up. Like it's meant to be a two-way dialogue. So I thanked the person for giving me the feedback and for listening. And I reached out to the woman whom I'd interviewed to ask her if that was her experience and say, you know, I realize that this is a little bit weird of a question to be asking you, especially so long after our interview. But someone gave me this feedback specifically in my DMs today and I wanted to inquire about your experience being interviewed by me and also like i i really want to make sure that i'm learning from this piece of feedback because they felt the need to give it to me and i want to accept it wholeheartedly even though deep down i was so upset i didn't want to drone on and on about it or send this person a mean response because firstly someone was listening to my podcast ah like that was so exciting to me this person live was not someone I followed. They, they were not someone I had ever seen on Instagram in my explore page. They're not someone that I care about. Um, it's an aspiring musician. And, you know, I had to honestly just kind of applaud not only her for giving me the feedback, feeling like she was reaching out to help me, which 
you know, is you have to go about it in the right way. And I feel like she really did. And I could have gone without the fact that she had said she'd lost patience because that just kind of hurt my feelings. But nonetheless, the woman that I'd interviewed told me that that was absolutely not her experience and that she would never have said that she enjoyed our conversation if she truly didn't. And that this was an opportunity for me to really take a learning to, to take as a lesson learned because she had mentioned once you start, you know, gaining more notoriety and attraction, people are going to have a lot more negative things to say. And this is a good way for you to start to think about how those things will make you feel and how feedback like impacts you and how it, how it impacts your ability to move forward and how you just are going to need to brush some things off, take some things in and be able to say thanks for that and move on. And I thought that that was such a good example of me being able to learn about what it might be like if things were to get a lot more popular or when things get a lot more popular, like my podcast, for instance, I have big goals and dreams. I have manifestations that I consistently think about and I make them very and incredibly specific so that if and when those things do happen, I'll know, oh my goodness, I manifested this because of these specificities that I called out and that I put into the universe. And one of those things that I think I need to be prepared for is this negative feedback that you is undoubtedly going to come to you the more that you put yourself out there. And it's not to say at all that that's negative or that I'm only thinking about, you know, the success of my podcast coming with negativity because that's absolutely not the case. But I do need to be mindful that if I put myself out there and I'm allowing myself the room to be vulnerable, then I'm also asking and putting room out there for feedback that I didn't ask for, but for feedback that people are going to feel compelled to provide to me. And all of this got me thinking about just the journey that I've been on. And my journey from thinking about doing this podcast and not knowing when to launch it and wanting to launch it on a Monday and then saying, oh no, the weekends are so crazy. I might not always have time to upload an episode on a Monday. Let's just push it to a Tuesday. And then later after I started researching more about angel numbers, realizing that the day that I put my podcast episode, my very first podcast episode out was 11-22-22, which was one of the biggest manifestation days of the entire year. And that was absolutely not lost on me. Still to this day, it makes me so happy that of all the days that I just happened to put my podcast out, that it happened to be on that November day. And then just the fact that I've been able to manifest and engage with so many amazing guests. Initially, I wanted this to primarily be a podcast where it was solo episodes, but now that I've had the opportunity to start connecting with other women, it is 100% something that I want to be doing with, that I want to be focusing on as a solo project, but also weaving in some really intriguing and compelling guests. Because as I listen to more podcasts, one of the things that's really come up for me is that what I love listening to podcasts what the reason that I love listening to podcasts so much is because I love storytelling. What I do in my day-to-day corporate career is storytelling. I love writing stories. I love poems. And I also love listening to other people's stories. And one thing that has become so abundantly clear to me is that I do not want to feel victim to my own story. And what I mean by this, I'll say that again, I don't want to become a victim to my own story. And what I mean by this is I want to be able to write my own story based on the beliefs that I know to be true and of the beliefs that I know I can accomplish if I just put my mind to it and do hard things. So for instance, I just did a workout. It's about four in the afternoon. I really didn't have a ton of energy. I don't think, I don't know that anyone really has a ton of energy for a workout at like 
3 p.m. But I had room in my calendar to do it and I made time to do it. I worked out for about 40 minutes or so and I feel so much better. But I also have the mindset that if I do one workout, I feel like when I go look in the mirror, when I go weigh myself, I'm going to suddenly have dropped the 50 pounds that I want to lose. I'm suddenly going to fit into all the clothes that I, that I kept thinking I could fit into them. And all of a sudden, all my problems will disappear. And that's just not realistic. So I even was talking with my girlfriend today about the fact that setting small goals for myself has been so helpful for me. And sometimes this is more of just a PSA that sometimes you have to just look at what you've accomplished and say, damn, if my past thoughts have created my current reality, I really am not doing that bad of a job. So for me, if I think about the fact that my past thoughts have led me to be the mother of two beautiful kids, have allowed me a beautiful home, a husband that I absolutely love and adore, whom I've been with for legitimately half of my life already at this point, a loving family, a great group of supportive friends, a great job that I absolutely love, what must I have done right to get here? If you just give yourself a moment to feel into that gratitude about your past self being able to help create your current reality, no matter where you are in your current reality, damn, that feels really good because if where you were feels like a place where you need to work on, which for me, of course, there's always work to be done, then knowing that I've gotten here by all, you know, with the thoughts that also dragged me down so significantly in the past, it makes me feel pretty damn good that I have an ability to recreate what my future might look like simply by the basis of thinking more positive, positive thoughts and creating these small habitual rituals that become routine. So I, I think that generally taking this all back to where I was starting at the beginning, the reason why I get fearful going into places like Equinox or other gyms is because I'm afraid that I'll be faced with someone or something that makes me feel like a failure. That can be someone who's fitter than me because in my head, they being fitter than me means that they're better than me. They've put in more time than me. They're more dedicated than me. They're more restrictive than me. It's something that they are doing better than what I am doing. And when I'm home in my safe bubble, I don't have to confront that at all. And I can confront that based on my Instagram feed because I choose who I follow and I choose what sort of content I'm consuming. Sometimes when you're scrolling through Instagram, especially if you're on the explore page, you have no idea what you're going to be confronted with. So occasionally things can be a little bit jarring if you feel like, wow, I was not ready to see that or I was not expecting to see that. But now that I'm faced with it, like what am I going to do with this information? And that's exactly how I feel when I step into the gym at certain places where I feel like the clientele is primarily, there's a, there's a preconceived notion about who the clientele might be. They're gonna be really fit, they're gonna be moms that don't work, they're gonna be younger, they're gonna have better bodies, they're gonna be thinner, they're all gonna be friends, I'm gonna feel left out, I'm not gonna be as fit. You know, they're gonna feel more comfortable and confident in their body than I do. There are all these fear factors that come up for me when I think about just going to the gym. Like, 
even knowing that some of the people from my high school still likely live in the area, there are times where someone will pop into my head and I will think, oh my God, if I were to see that person right now, I would be mortified because I don't feel like I have on, in essence, my Instagram filter. Like I don't have my makeup on, I don't have my fake tanner on, I don't have this or that on. I would feel so vulnerable. And I think that that's how we feel when we're confronted with people whom we perceive to be farther along on some sort of journey than we're on. For me, most of that comes back to wellness and my wellness journey in particular, which is something that, again, I think is this ever evolving journey that I have, you know, chosen to go on that I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to explore and to continue to explore. But when I go to places like the gym or when I see certain things and, and consume certain content, I think that that's why people get this fear based response about, I mean, think about so many people I've seen and heard and talked to so many women who have said that they hate going to the gym because they feel like as soon as they get there, it's just a comparison fest and they just feel like shit because there are some women in there who they have nothing else to do. So they're in the gym all the time and they don't have to be a parent when they go home. They don't have to do X, Y, Z, or it just appears that it's easier for them to balance it. But it continuously makes me feel the ways that I work through that are continuously thinking that you have no idea what anyone's life looks like behind closed doors. And that on the surface, someone can appear one way to you and it may be exactly true, but it may be exactly false or completely off kilter from what you had assumed. And either way, it doesn't fucking matter because they are not you, you are not them and their success has no possible impact on your success. So I think one thing that it's taught me by just even being mindful about this sort of back and forth and this, you know, this, I guess it's like a continuum. I'm trying to think of a word and honestly, I can't think of the word. I'm having a total mom fart. A pendulum, that's the word I'm looking for. It's a pendulum. It's a back and forth of feeling good and feeling bad and feeling completely neutral about a situation or a scenario. I was also listening to another podcast recently where we were talking about, or they were talking about how drugs are a neutral substance and that every single thing in the world has, well, not every single thing, but let's say like drugs and alcohol, for instance, they all have a neutral substance outside of the emotion and feeling that an intention that you put behind it. So if you're drinking, let's say at a wedding and you are cheersing to your best friend and you're sitting there just absolutely thrilled for them that you can't believe they found the person of their dreams. You've never seen them happier. That's going to most, un, you know, most likely be a really positive experience for you to be, you know, in the front row seat to one of your friend's happiness, one of your friends' happiness. And cheersing and drinking along with that might feel like such a good and positive experience. Even though alcohol is technically a depressant, it's a downer you can have an incredibly positive experience associated with alcohol because of the people you were with, the situation you were in, the scenario, etc. So for me, when I think about like a really fun day of drinking, it would be like on a boat somewhere in the sun, on the beach, being able to just sit, relax and enjoy. That to me sounds really fun. Or like going out to sushi and being able to do like you know, I don't know, have some sake and really just enjoy and wine tasting. Like all of those things to me have really positive connotations. But then I think about things like bottle service and just some other scenarios where for me, it doesn't really feel, it doesn't feel like a yes in my body anymore. It feels more like a, 
I get a, a, a strong no to those situations and scenarios these days. And I can tell how it feels even just talking about it aloud. It feels like it's just a no. It's not something that would make me energetically feel good unless I literally did energetic work beforehand to protect my 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 aura honestly going into those situations because there's so much energy in those places so ultimately it makes me feel really hopeful but also this is such a good identifier for you if you're feeling that you're afraid to go to places like the gym or there's one person in your life that you feel like you cannot engage with their content anymore you don't even want to talk to them anymore because it seems like they've done or reached so much progress that you haven't yet reached it does not mean that you are not possible of doing of reaching that progress. And also, if we are a summary or a summarization of the five people that we hang around most frequently, wouldn't you want to hang around people who actually have their shit together? Wouldn't you want to be around people who are actually doing what it takes to better themselves and to do things to try and ensure that they are lining themselves up with the best life possible for them and their kids, etc.? I know that people often say, you know, you can't love someone else until you love yourself. I don't personally find that to be true. I just think that the way that you love others will be so much less selfish once you identify more, once you identify more closely with what your values are and who you are and the things that make you you. I grew with my husband and I did not know how to love myself when I was 19. I... I would say that it would be harder and easier these days, depending on where you fall in the spectrum. If you care about things like social media and you're getting tons of likes and you're becoming an influencer at a super young age, if that had happened to me at a younger age, I would have felt fulfilled. But then I also don't know the other side of the coin. That also comes with a lot of backlash and people's eyes are always on you. So it's hard to set, it's hard to know because deep down I've always wanted to kind of be quote unquote famous. I've wanted to be known for something. I've wanted to be in the spotlight. It hasn't yet happened for me and maybe that's because it's not meant to. Maybe the universe knows that what's going to make me feel most energetically alive is by doing things like having my podcast where I'm not necessarily in the same limelight. I'm not necessarily faced with the decisions that would be so hard. I'm not put in situations where partying and alcohol are always going to be front and center in my life because it doesn't always serve me in that way. And I'm continuously working on my own internal growth so that I can show my children what it means to be a strong woman and what it means to actually embody a mindset of self-love and prioritize myself. Not, and not in a sense where I am deprioritizing them or anyone else, but just in the sense that I'm prioritizing my own well-being to the degree that allows them to realize that it is okay to take time to pamper yourself and to do things for yourself. So if you have ever operated out of a fear of even seeing other people or going to certain events because you feel like other people there will be so much better than you and it makes you feel fearful to see someone accomplishing something else, I urge you to turn that on, your, on its head because you never know who might be looking at you and thinking the same thing. I guarantee you for every person you meet where you feel like, dang, they've really got it together. Like, I wish I had that or I wish I was brave enough to do that. The only thing stopping you from doing that is you. And I think again, that that's what makes it really hard to hear and to see when you see someone who's doing something that you either admire, you wish you had done. Oh, I wish I was brave enough to do that. Well, the funny thing is you actually are but you may be just so focused on playing small and staying safe within your 
current operating system that the idea of even pushing yourself to do something feels so hard. And that's often what I'm faced with. I have all of these ideas and these dreams and I go down this rabbit hole of wellness and self-help and seeing all these other people that are accomplishing their goals and thinking to myself, I want this, I'm going to do this. Oh my gosh, I have to make this happen. There's no doubt in my mind that when I wake up the next day, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. Then that next morning rolls around and I'm exhausted. I can't get out of bed. I need two cups of coffee. I need X, Y, and Z. Oh my gosh, someone help me. And that's how I feel so much of the time. But the benefit is that, again, it's just a thought. I'm tired. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm tired. I have two kids, a full-time job. Like, yeah, I'm going to be tired. That might not go away for a long time. Okay, I'm tired. What might help me? Movement. I know my body well enough now to know that once I actually incorporate movement into my routine, especially if I'm tired, I feel 100 times better. And that gives me more energy and it gives me more motivation to want to do other things, to want to push myself, to do things, to show up for myself. So if you're feeling like you're looking at other people's lives and thinking that they've accomplished so much more than you, I urge you to refocus on what success looks like for you and reincorporate small attainable goals that you can actually reach each week. Whether it's every day when I wake up, I'm gonna have a glass of water or every night before bed, I'm going to meditate. I try really hard to incorporate all of those things, but I'll be honest, sometimes if I am just exhausted, like yesterday when we got home from a, bir a kid's birthday party whom we were at, that didn't make sense. A birthday party we were at for like five hours. By the time we got home, I was wiped. We were in the sun all day. The kids had been jumping on the jumpy things. I had put like a lot of energy into making sure that the kids were having fun, that they were safe, that they were being included. And by the time we left that party, I felt like I could go to bed at like 5 p.m. And I stayed up for a few hours after that and the kids were running around, but I chose I'm going to get sleep now instead of going upstairs to meditate because I just cannot fathom having to do that right now. I will fall asleep. And that was a that was a negotiable for me. There are things that I try to incorporate as non-negotiables. Like podcasting. For me, moving the podcast forward is non-negotiable. It's something I'm super passionate about and it's something I'm going to keep doing. It is a non-negotiable for me. Even if zero people are listening to this or even if a million people are listening to this, I will continue to do it because it drives me and it makes me feel like I have a strong purpose and I love that. So going back, I think it's important to make sure that you realize, accept, and understand where you're currently at in your journey, but know that you always have room to improve, room to make changes, and room to reset whatever your goals might look like. It's just like if you're doing a review at work. The last review, you probably have set some goals. Maybe you've reached some of them. Maybe you haven't. Maybe some of them you, you might want to tweak now that you've learned something new that you didn't know last year. That's kind of how I feel like we have to approach life. We have to evaluate where we were to better identify where we're going. I hope that that resonates with you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. If you made it all the way through this episode, you are an absolute freaking rock star. It would mean so much to me to hear your beautiful words and any of your thoughts or emotions about any of the episodes that you've listened to thus far, including this one. If you feel so compelled and you have the time, I would be so appreciative of your words and your thoughts. So please, 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 if you have and you feel so compelled, 
if you have the time, leave a review so that I can take your feedback, incorporate it, and keep putting out content that you love listening to. Thanks so much. See you soon.